I know what you are. Say it. Podcaster. I'm Noah Jensen. I'm Meg Jensen. I'm Eliza Jensen. (laughs) And this is Twin Picks. Oh, something about that whole scenario really repulsed me. Yeah, it got too intimate. <laughs> it was weird. We didn't look at each other when we said it. Though. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I love movies. Welcome to Twin Picks, the show where a pair of actual real-life human twins and me make a double feature out of two movies that share some kind of similarity and decide which one does its job better. But before we get going today, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which myself, Meg and Anthony are now recording, the Wurundjeri people of the Kula Nations, and pay our respect to Elders past, present and emerging. And I pay my respect to the original custodians of the land I'm recording on, which are the Gabrielenu people. Lovely. Well, guys, here we are in our second episode. It really feels like we like relaunched a show or something. You yeah. know those shows that like get cancelled and then they come back like years later. I'm, I'm different. This I am. is the reboot. We like are the new family. The After. new generation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What are some shows that had the next generation? Like Star Dynasty. Trek. The next generation. Dynasty. Avatar. Avatar. Is about to. Be, is about to. Yeah, Where cool. all of those things. All I love of them. James Cameron. Exactly. And it's our second episode officially with That's Not Canon, the podcast network. So hopefully the new listeners to our uh, show last week weren't scared off and weren't like, the fuck? They're annoying. I would be surprised if they weren't, but... <laughs> yeah. I don't care if they are. Come on. I didn't blame you. Fuck them. I hate our new listeners. <laughs> <laughs> They're Get not out. here, so it doesn't matter. Don't talk to me like it. that on my own podcast. Um, but if Guys, back, I have some really important news that I heard today that I think you... <laughs> no go. This room particularly needs to know. <laughs> you know Matthew Morrison from the series Glee? Yeah, he dated he's Rachel. committed He dated Liam Michelle. Is that what you're going to say? What? Really? Yeah, he and Lee Michelle what? dated. I didn't know that either. Have you seen oh, like TikTok? There are so many like... Matthew Morrison facts and I'm like, I'm fascinated about which one you're about to tell us. Yeah, go. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> He's going to play the Grinch yeah. on oh, NBC I live that. TV musical. How amazing yeah, is that? I yeah. Write to us. At TwinPixPodcast at gmail.com if fun facts. you're going to stop listening to the podcast because of that fact. Yeah. Imagine for Just the first time we know. hear from our fans because of that fact. I'm sorry that we started like this, honestly. That is such a sad thing to bring into the space today, Eliza. What a I'm negative sorry. energy to bring. Don't you think like, it's interesting casting, though? Like, why? Yeah. Why him? They're That's like, the we're going to follow up the beloved Jim Carrey with an equally amazing character Love. actor. <laughs> Matthew Morrison. Is Matthew it a musical? Morrison. Is it like their songs? I don't know, but I don't want to yeah, know. Yeah, songs. I don't want to well, know. Well, we, we know he's a song and dance man now. And a rapper. Sick rapper. <laughs> exactly. Maybe, they're, do, maybe they're writing raps for him or something. Um, yeah. You know the Grinch song where it's like, you're, you're a mean, mean one, one, Mr. Mr. Grinch. Mr. Grinch. Yeah. And it's like, you're uh, as stinky as a... Like, that's how I feel about Matthew Morrison. I'm like, yeah, he's you're a stinky as a... Stinky, da, da, da. Maybe you're that's a why... I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit of an intense point. Jeez, damn. <laughs> he's not, but he was on Glee. Like, his yeah, character was. he was a fucking creeper. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, so wow. Maybe that's part of the casting was they were like... Let's well, get someone that's going to discuss that, them. Do you reckon they're telling Matthew Morrison, look, the reason you're getting more work now is because people hate <laughs> you. But if we play into that, it'll suit your career. I don't want to speak about this anymore. Like, I feel really disgusted thinking about yeah. Matthew Morrison. Yeah, I've spent too much time this year on Matthew Morrison. You're probably yeah. wearing, like, yellow bad. contacts. Think about yeah. that. Oh, How God. sexy that will be. Oh, my God. I, you know who else wears yellow contacts? Alice in Twilight, which is one of our movies today. <laughs> Makes Let's okay. segue. <laughs> so, uh, yes, so today the twin picks are Moonlight and Twilight. So this is one of those connections that, you know, sometimes they're plot related. Sometimes, you know, it's, you know, we do all different kinds of wacky or sometimes it's 
um, like two movies with essentially like the same plot coming out in the same year. This is not that at all. This is one of them. They they both have light in the title. Yeah, attributed both, to the 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 moon. They're both like really <clears throat> beautiful portrayals of like love and loss. Yeah. Yes. yes. Also, That's definitely what I have to say about both. And of these they're films, equally yeah. um as good. Yeah, and, and they like, both had a huge impact also culturally, which is actually true. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah, that too. I, don't I was going to say, both these movies are really blue as well, right? They're really, yeah. like, visually Cinematography blue. is, like, a huge true. element of both of these films, like, genuinely. Yeah. Do we... Okay, do we want to start with, like, actual, like, critical acclaim, beautiful, and then end on something that's funny and silly? Or do you yeah, want to start, Yeah, so we should light? start with Twilight. I, you think you want to start with Twilight? With the serious one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's yeah. dive deep with Twilight. Okay. <laughs> I agree. Let's Best talk. picture of 2012? No, 16, surely. 2016. We're talking about Twilight. Yes. Meg is yeah, Twilight doing a funny. Yeah, Twilight picture in 2016. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Great. Let's talk about Now I'm going to actually get confused about what you want me to do. <laughs> let's talk about Twilight. <laughs> let's talk about Twilight. <laughs> we're going to talk, twi- talk about Twilight now. That's what we're doing. Let's go. <laughs> Okay, so pretty fucking hilarious that I need to tell you what Twilight is, but I'm going to do it anyway. Twilight is a 2008 romantic young adult like adaptation based on a book by Stephanie Meyer. It's directed by Catherine Hardwick and it stars heartthrobs Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson and essentially current indie darlings. Current current indie darlings indeed, and essentially it's about, you know, young Bella moves to a very small town, only like 3000 people and there's a boy at school, but there's something different about this boy. He's a vampire. And uh, a, a romance ensues. His skin glistens. His skin it glistens. glitters in the sun. Incredibly, yes. Uh, He's I disgusted by everything that she does. I cannot tell you. Meg's going to hate this fact, but I'm, I'm not going to do all of them. I just wrote them down. I've taken more notes for this movie than any movie we've ever done. But I promise always Meg. takes notes. Meg doesn't like that I talk a lot. I'm going to be good. I'm going to try and be on top of it. I just do think I had a funny watch with it this time because... It's funny. It's funny. It's a funny movie. Just let's power through some of your notes. Okay, okay. So the first thing I want to talk about is, like, I don't mind fundamentally the idea of being, like, the the vampire is... The, like a classic indelible, is that a word, indelible? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, iconic yeah. monster sure. because it's not just his killing abilities that's scary. It's also the facet that like there's like a sexual romantic allure to them that makes them so interesting for stories. Like mm. they draw people in and it's such a good idea to be like, let's translate the monster of the vampire to a teenage, like, the you know, the mm. cool, mysterious, sexy boy at school who like looks at you through like, you know, his floppy hair, like, I like that idea, um, but I don't think Stephanie Meyer had. I don't think she was <laughs> thinking that. I think she was just like vampires in school. You know what I mean? This book is just well. Fan she fiction. was writing fanfic. Yeah, yeah. It's fanfic. It's Isn't it fanfic. that Fifty Shades was fanfic? Was Twilight this, fanfic? Okay, Twilight was fanfic oh, yeah, of yeah. the works of Muse. Yeah, the band Muse. She literally just listened to a lot of Muse and wow. had a dream that a sexy vampire boy like kissed her or whatever. There you go. And she's extremely Mormon, so. All the books are about like part of the vampire thing is like, oh, he can't get too close to you because he'll eat you. And it's mm. like, oh wow, he's like a beautiful chaste boy who like yeah, doesn't want love sex occurs before marriage. In this non-sexual sphere. It's like yeah. you can't be. And oh, it's damn. the forbidden thing that gives them the fodder for love. Yeah. One yeah. of my housemates, Tilly, who is quite possibly listening right now, likes to often go off about the fact that because she was, has a Mormon background, mm. um, that like one of the wow. sexiest things that she Stephanie Meyer could imagine him wearing is like cargo shorts and <laughs> yes. the, it's made this huge thing of it in the books about the fact clothes. that he's wearing cargo shorts and it's just oh like, my god, there is, oh my god, his calves or something. There is like super, super funny TikTok. That's a girl. She's like, I'm rereading Twilight and I every single time it says Edward side or like grunt. It's some word that 
literally it says Edward does it like 400 times in the book. I need to wow. look up what wow. it is. But like you guys, grunts or moans grunt, or something. Yeah. You guys, you talk about Twilight. Yeah, honestly. Meg, what like, do you think? I feel like, so I watched it when it came out. I was like, oh, wow. Did you read the books? Um, no, I never read the books. I only watched the first one and half of the second one when they first came out. I was never a Twilight person. I think I always was just mm-hmm. like, this is absurd and no one here seems to be having any fun. And, like, I was just wasn't here for it. Like, if I was going to watch, like, a, you know, teenage soapy movie, it wasn't going to be this. And then, like, maybe a month ago, me and my boyfriend were like, oh, let's watch something, like, Twilight or something dumb because you just wanted to watch something mindless. And we couldn't get through it because, like, this is so... Whoa boring like we found it really really boring and I didn't even have the fun aspect the only thing I liked about it was Anna Kendrick I was like oh she's such a cute little character and we got halfway through and gave up and that's exactly how I felt when I watched it again yesterday oh you were bored I was so bored I was like what did any of my friends get out of this I I have to say I 100% agree about that thing of being like it is obviously such a like male well what the hell is this thing perspective to be like I, I really don't get how young women young girls lost years of their life to this franchise yeah i'm just like this this is the <laughs> one that like gave it's you funny but it's like when you watch like a shitty adam sandler movie and you laugh at it yeah the only things about this movie that really redeem it for me are the fact that i know how bad of a time they were having when they were making it yeah. and like knowing the backstory of like robert pattinson like and oh like God, falling in love mean. and also the soundtrack slaps but like yeah. that's it for me and that's all it ever was wow. for me i do think like it's interesting sorry Liz, I, i've been speaking too much but i think it's interesting this one doesn't have um as bad review like when it initially came out it didn't get horrible yeah. reviews and this one yeah. is like where this one one of the first things i wrote down is like where this one commits to being like yes it's all a bit emo it's all a bit oppressive but we commit to it it does it enough that it kind of works for most of the time mm-hmm. in the sequels it's like oh my god you are grating my ears, I'd rather, like, you know, have a cheese grater on my fucking face. Shut up. It's so stupid. Then hear these vampires talk about, like, the peace track <laughs> yeah. or whatever again. And the stupid powers that they all have for some ridiculous reason. But in this one, <laughs> honestly, it looks pretty enough and it commits to this, like, oppressive, oh, we're teens and it's so hard being a teenager thing just enough oh that whilst you laugh, you're kind of enjoying it. I feel like you guys are being very harsh to this movie. I think. That was a nice thing I just said. Yeah, but you said it in a chagrined way. (laughs) I think out of all of the Twilight franchise, this is the best Twilight media. Totally. We're not comparing this to the other Twilights. We're comparing this to Moonlight. But even in the books, this, that's all. That's a different battle completely. This is much better than any of the books ever are. Yes, And I think like kind of re-watching it I think until Edward was introduced I was like oh this is not only a good movie this is like an interesting teen movie with something to say like it looked cool Kristen Stewart is cool and I liked how it showed like her coming to this new town and that it was this really it's like a really regional specific depiction of this like really rainy town and it's like they all go down to the res and hang out on the beach with like you know these like Native American kids that Turn into werewolves. Uh, is yeah, that it's problematic? Like, yeah, and it's, and it's really bad. Take over in the next my point. As well. I don't really have anything else to say. I guess. <laughs> I um, I have a big like plotting because like, again, like whilst I can appreciate the things, like I do like the fundamental romance idea of like these young people, as you said, Meg. Like they can't even touch each other. That vibe. I like that. Some of the plotting shit here is such a misfire that it's obviously based on the book, but like all the third act crap about this vampire that's trying to hunt her, complete bullshit, so bad and so annoying. And the thing that annoys me about it is it's so obvious that this movie should have been, you know how they show us the guy, he's the guy in EZA who's like, the president, like I, what, what what's, you know, in EZA, he's doing yeah. the thing, he's like, I love you, no nobody can, can keep us, us apart. apart. Not, Not the even president the president of the of Americas. The Americas. Oh. That guy. Yeah, that's him. His whole thing, you know how they show. his name's Cam Gigandet. Is it? Is that his name? I don't know. I believe you. You know how they show him killing all the people? The way this movie should have been is just the sheriff always being like, oh, there's new murders in town. And us being like, oh, my God, is it the boy at school? Oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, he could be the murderer. evil, glistening And the whole movie, it's like, could it be him doing it? And then they get together and it's like, oh, no, it's not. Oh, and then, like, but we still would have to know who the killer is in some capacity. But then also... But it's so annoying that they don't no do a one... fake out of, like, why we should, for the first half of the movie, be like, 
the reason he's being like, you can't be with me, I'm bad, is because he's killing, killing people. Yeah. But it's not. But it's that would have been vampire. a real disservice to the legions of fans of the Twilight to the, series. To the twi- oh, yeah. Twilight fans. Yeah. yeah, like can you imagine twi-hards. being... Uh, the Twihards. Imagine being a 14-year-old girl and being like, In I'm going to go... Yeah, and being like, I'm going to go and it's going to be so hard. I have a Robert good Twilight fan story, actually. You know, it's like funny. all that stuff and you go and it's about like... It's like a thriller, yeah. pretty much. Like exactly, you can't. That's true. They couldn't have. She couldn't have pulled it off. Again, it did have to do the dumb thing that the book said to do. Um, in whatever year was after this, so harsh. Whenever, <laughs> whenever New Moon came out, Dad got tickets to an advanced screening, two <gasps> tickets, because yes. of a Volvo. Oh yeah, thing or something. So we went and we sat in the front row behind a row of Twi mums. What? Wow. Like mothers who had read their kids' Twilight books. And they loved it. And they loved it. And they were Team Jacob, let me oh, tell you. Who would be Team Jacob? That is a crime um, against humanity. I'm I, so Team. You're really not Team Jacob. Who? Are you kidding? Okay, I think Twilight it's conditioned children to. Okay, first off, blatantly, how are some of these vampires not gay? Dragons. What the hell? And also, it conditioned young girls to be like, oh, yeah edgy, abusive boyfriends. Very cool. Obviously I'm being a bit silly, but like he's horrible. He like creeps into her room and is like, oh, I want you I sleep. And they're like, oh, that's so hot. Like, ew, You know, he's honestly, gross. I just didn't treat any of the substance of this film seriously enough to With think merit. about yeah. that at all. I was literally only basing that off the fact that I'm like, I think that Robert Pattinson is a much more attractive than... What's his name? Yeah, Taylor Lautner. Taylor totally, Lautner. 100%. That's literally all I was coming at that Do from. That's pretty Megan. I think in Twilight I'm Team Jacob. But yeah, he, he definitely too. gets yeah, friends okay. only in the rest of the But franchise. then he's like a weird, we do not need to go into the weird Does pedophile vibe like, in part two. The oh thing God, that he gets yeah. with the daughter because yeah. they're like bonded or whatever. Her. Imprints, yeah. Um, I. What's, what does imprint mean? It's a werewolf I, I culture thing, exhausted Meg. at the question, literally. The werewolves, the way they fall in love is when you see the person that you're, like, just destined to be with. You, and so he like, knows that when she grows up, only horny for they'll them. be together. Because she and grows really quickly because she has – so he's looking name, at the baby and he's like, I know one day we're going to be together. Is that – are werewolves of, are werewolves real? <laughs> <laughs> they can be, Meg. They're not. <laughs> Oh boy! Wait, we so need then why do we know that they do us. that? They're like they're like reindeer. They've no, been like popularized. No, in reindeer like a are real. I did not know reindeer were real until last year. People but, at work told me, "Do you know reindeer are real?" So werewolves are real. Did you guys know that? Reindeer yeah, I knew reindeer were real. No, werewolves aren't real, but reindeers no, are real. Werewolves are real, aren't they? People no. can't turn into werewolves, man. Shut up! But you did not think just that. Said that they were. I was no, being silly. We- oh. Wolves are real. <laughs> werewolves are not oh. real. Yeah, reindeer are real. Wolves are real. Yeah. Or do you actually are you actually grappling with whether people can turn into wolves? Oh, so the where adds the human element. I think the where is human, right? <laughs> so then why is it called Teen Wolf, not Teen Werewolf, the TV show? Um, that is a glorious question. Because they don't need to spell it out. It's called I, fucking artistic license, Meg. Can you let these people think in abstract and creative ways or do you need them to stand no, spell it show out? Show me a license. I don't care for it. I like it one bit. <laughs> Maybe normal wolves die before like the age of 10 and so like the only teen wolf could oh, be a human, a human. teen Anthony that is a wolf. always oh. comes in with class, yeah. with clarity, yeah. with distinction, he's not and it's a, why we need him. He's not here to beat around the bush. <laughs> he doesn't bullshit. It's also annoying because he doesn't watch many movies and when he does comment on them, it sounds way better than anything I ever fucking say and yeah. I don't like that. And you don't even movies. watch them to like talk about it on the podcast. You just watch them and you just like take it in. He comes yeah. in with like complex theory and he's like, oh, yes, Edward was probably dealing with some like niche. But I don't even know say that guy's name. Edward is a metaphor. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> annoying. Uh, yeah. Do the Wait, sound. <laughs> You have seen Twilight. Obviously. I have seen Twilight. He's seen both of these. Who's your favourite Cullen, do you reckon? Um, Jasper, who's a Confederate soldier. No. <laughs> oh, my God. No, oh I'm God. Probably, <laughs> probably Alice, I reckon. Again, she's she's, trying, to, she's just trying not to, like, have everyone, like, tear each other Again, apart. Again, my mate Karis is really time. passionate about this. In all of the Cullens, how, especially Alice and Jasper, you are not yeah. convincing me they are, they are straight. Mm. In what... Oh yeah, world. I think that's quite the a... Did you make this vampire story and they're all straight? Guys, we can't keep talking like about Twilight. And and shit. There's, uh, there's literally that? so much to talk about. No, okay. you're okay. cut off now. You're right, okay. I, I will agree with you. I'm cut off. I will say that. You have to let me say one more thing though. A good directorial thing Catherine Hardwick does is show Using the, the new boys. song Supermassive Black Hole? Yeah. 
Good song. Whew, we're going to get through it. I can do this. Come on, Noah, wrap it up. Wrap <laughs> is, it up. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it, I promise. Is direct like all the other boys at school as just like, you know, like lame, like prepubescent, not prepubescent, but you know, they're all like, they're like boys. They're like, oh yeah, do you want to uh, maybe go to prom with me and stuff? And it like really does a good job of showing like him as this, like Edward is this like mature. From another time. Yeah, he's from another, it's literally like what if, and you can imagine young girls being like, oh my God, like that's who I'm supposed to be with. All the dumb boys at school I'm supposed to be with. I like just want to find a man who's a hundred. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's awesome. I want an old hundred girl man. That's it. Okay, I'm, I'm done. That's twilighted. I'm wow. all twilighted out. Let's talk about uh, a much less, you know, critically acclaimed film, Moonlight. But, 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 oh, but, Go but. for it. Get it done. Meg's rolling her eyes. Nobody, nobody talks about the bit in Twilight where she wants to find out what vampires are, so she orders a vampire book to be delivered to a local bookstore and she goes to the bookstore and gets the book and she opens it and says vampires known as cold ones and then she goes to Google and searches the cold yeah, ones. Yeah, she still and Googles she never it. she the book back up again. But wouldn't it be in the book? Yeah, exactly. Why does she go to all this effort to get the book? Movies, She's just going to Google the book. Books can't lie. Books can't lie. Google can lie. Books books can't lie. But why would she want to be lied to then? Why did she go to Google? And it's funny that she Googles the cold ones. Like, and not vampires. And it's the first thing that comes up. If I Google the cold ones right now, I'm sure I won't get Guys, vampires. I'm serious. I'm having a mental breakdown. We have to Makes move like on. near tears. Yeah. I don't I'm want to talk scared. about it anymore. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing we're about to talk about like an Oscar winning movie that pretty much everyone in the world loves. And, you know, is so. It's this perfect. movie is like the standard for, wow, better love story than Twilight, worst movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> Women's thoughts and feelings suck. <laughs> Whereas Moonlight literally won best picture. Okay, let's this do it. got it all. Moonlight. La La Land is a 2016 coming of age drama film written and directed by Barry Jenkins. And it follows um, a young black gay man or a man who has a complex relationship with his sexuality called Sharon uh, in three different stages of his life, his childhood, his adolescence and his early adult life. Um, And this, along with Parasite, I would say, is one of the two movies in recent memory that's like, oh, my God, what the hell? The Oscars got it right once and... Well, it's like, forever, wow, <laughs> it is forever so tragic that, you know, this movie is, you know, cited as one of the greatest films of all time already mm-hmm. because not just of the quality of the film, but a movie made by a black man, all black. It's just, it's about LGBTQ themes. It's not just some like performative pretend story that's trying to, you know, imitate these ideals just from the ground up is such an authentic story that we do not see anything like it. And how incredibly empowering it would have been if we were all talking about Barry Jenkins up on that Oscar stage, talking about his win and what a huge momentous moment this is. But we don't. We talk about how La La Land was announced as the winner instead. And I forever think that's so sad because yeah, even though Barry Jenkins tragic. gave the speech afterwards, Nobody Who talks was about listening? it. No yeah. one was listening. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really sad because, of course, well, it's, it's an incredible film. Yeah. No, I'm sure he will, but yeah. I agree. This movie deserved better. Yeah, I think it did. It's funny because literally we all adore it. Everyone adores it, but we're still like, yeah, no, it did. Yeah. I think it kind of did. Yeah. I think this movie then- had such interesting things to say about the, um, I guess, the the weird, not weird, the the expectations of black men and like Mm -hmm. the position that their like, you know, their stereotyping has caused them to sit at. Like the fact that this queerness in the film is experienced in this like matey friendship way initially. And then as they grow up, like it's kind of like um, Mm. 
the, the, how it's expressed is so like sincere and earnest. It's like the the boys in the film and then as they're becoming men grappling with their like um, identities in terms of not just their race but also um, their sex and like how they see themselves for the wor- world and then how they interpret themselves is so much to do with how other people interpret them outside of it. They play like they imitate the people around them or they try not to and they try and reject it and it's just like it says so much about something that we as white people can never, ever, like, appreciate or understand. Like, we mm. could never, ever watch this movie and be like, oh, yeah, like, I knew because I came from this family in this place, like, this is who I was going to be and I would always have to be that even though I didn't feel that way. Mm. Like, I don't know. I just, no, that's such a, it's just such an emotionally with, yeah. thrilling film. It's like, yeah. I think I agree with that point, but I think, like, part of what's impressive about the movie is... Um, you still strongly relate to it, even though, yeah. like, I don't want to make this a, like, oh, wow, like, everyone can appreciate it in a race that it is very, like, first and foremost about um, black masculinity and sexuality and stuff. Yeah. But <laughs> what I took away from it is, like, I think everyone can get that self-determination and, like, coming-of-age thing from this movie where, like, in each of those three acts you talked about, Noah, like, the character is kind of building themselves and educating themselves or whatever. And I think all, like all of us are born into some kind of situation. Hmm. And at the end of the Charon's story in the movie, you see him kind of looking back at his life and being like, huh, how much of that did I influence? Or like, you know, are you a product of your conditions or like, can you grow up how you want to and like actually be free and be yourself and stuff. And like, that happens to everyone in the world and mm. that's crazy to have a movie that does that <laughs> yeah I, I think the power of any coming of age story is like it allows us to look at what it is to have specific events influence the person you become and I just generally think we live in a world where we should all be more people need to be more introspective and need to be better at tracing okay I do this thing where does that come from why does that happen and as you said Meg like This is a story about someone who exists at the intersection of so much oppression. Like he's Mm. a black man, he is poor, his mother is a horrific drug addict, like abusive and violent. He's alone and he's he's experiencing, you know, queer thoughts. Like he is struggling with his sexuality and through telling this story in kind of three parts, you just see how each element leads him to becoming the man that he becomes. And you see like a a moment that I always think is so sad is he's just been beat up. Um, He's like his experience at school in part two is just getting so horrible and he's in the principal's office. He's bleeding from his face and it's a shot of like, he's essentially just been like stopped, stop like you do not know what my life is like you don't know what my life is like stop saying you do and to there's the a guidance shot counselor to the guidance counselor yeah and you see a shot of his face and you see him i think in his mind is running the words that he heard from mahershala ali's character in act one that's like at some point you have to decide the man you want to be and you see him take that mm. in this moment as instead of being like you are this emotional open yeah beautiful, emotional, like quiet young boy, instead of doing that, it's him, instead of accepting that, he in that moment goes, I have to reinvent myself to survive. Mm. And he becomes and this, like hardened, he, man. this hardened, hardened, hardened man yeah. that then by part three, we like, uh, we're like, this isn't you, you know? And yeah. he's still in he's there. He's like unrecognisable. But he's unrecognisable. Because you know, it's a different actor, but also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, yeah. But I just, I think it's a beautiful testament to that thing of like people, yeah, like running away from themselves even. And how interesting that as an audience you watch that and you're like, oh my God, that is clear as day what's happened there. But we humans do it all the time where we, you know, don't be true to ourselves or our true ideals who we really are. Yeah, I just think, you know flawless mm. writing and direction in that way how did they find three actors that could do that literally each yeah. one of like the boy and then as a teenager and then as an adult man but doesn't that just speak oh my to gosh. like who like just barry jenkins hand in this oh, like it is such a unified vision there is no decision that is made that have, that is out of place there is like 
like quite a bit said on screen, but more of it is in like silence or like downcast looks mm. when um, the mother like looks at him with such contempt. I like that is say. where all the action and the formative um, sort of character development, that's where it occurs. And I don't know how as a director, as a writer, like you convey to like, you, like you literally impart on these actors, like we are showing like trauma and like we're showing like repression and we need to do that in a really like careful way and we need to do it really sincerely and earnestly but we also need to do it so that everyone watching it even the most privileged person could look at it and be like to some extent I know what that would be like or I I know what that feeling is feeling like you have to ball Mm. up who you are I love that you pointed out the the shots of the mother because I think it's such a great example of how Jenkins direction always supports that like we follow this character exclusively the whole movie, his point of view, the whole movie in part one, it establishes this thing where it's like kind of like almost a traumatic memory image of his mother. There's like pink neon lighting on her. And it's like dreamy lighting. Yeah. And in part one, it's like a numb, it's like you can't hear anything. And it's almost like, okay, he's a young man. He's confused. You're a child. You don't know what's going on. So he's like numbing himself to it. Then Mm. in part two, I think about um, his mother walking up to him. He stayed the night at um, uh, not he hasn't spent the night at home at Janelle Monáe's house, Mm. and his mum walks up to him, and then there's this harsh close up of her, and I'm like, oh, now he's at an age where he's like being faced with his mother literally falling apart in front of him. Like it's like Mm. grotesque. Like you just feel so she her face is like cracking it's so horrific like and sad yeah and then in part three the only like the last scene with his mother it's quite a like quiet still moment Mm. and you just feel the sense of like detachment between them but like still the foundation of love of them sitting with like well here's what's become of us kind of just a testament to i think jenkins is just incredible yeah sorry liz um I was just going to say, I don't always, I don't think I've always like felt super solid about the mom character. And I've like, when I did like a cursory Wikipedia about the movie today, I was interested to see that like the actress as well said like, you know, I really researched like addicted women and like visited shelters and stuff because she didn't want to play like this stereotypical, like ghetto villain or something. Yeah. But I think like, Whenever I watch this movie, I think I've seen this movie like to, this would be like my second or third watch or whatever. And every time I kind of at the start of the movie bristle a little bit at that character being like, particularly the scene where she meets up with Chiron's like new father figure mentor guy who he's he's like her dealer and she Mm. basically says to him like, how dare you like raise my son when you're the one selling me rocks? Like, And like I always kind of bump up against it as like, oh, man, this does kind of feel like almost like misery porn in some way. Yeah, but a little bit as unfair. the movie goes on, I always let go of that feeling and I don't really know how to that be happens. Fair, like, is that it's... something I'll always feel a bit tense about or, like, what? I think the the it's a negotiation between, like, trying to be a realist in the situation and impart on Chiron's character, like, the foundations for who he became like they had to have the element of the like addiction ravaging her and their relationship and almost yeah. causing like this physical um transformation of his mother like she is like yeah. monstrous in that fluorescent scene where she's just staring at him mm. with such contempt and resentment um and it it's definitely more like heavy-handed than the other character moments like the smaller moments between Chiron and He's like, yeah, like as the movie goes on, it gets way more and more subtle. Yeah. And And I wonder if some of that was just maybe being an actress and not herself having experienced addiction or being outside of it and trying to do it in a way that it came across like it wasn't her personality. It was like something taking over her. So that doesn't work? It works for me, but I wonder, like Eliza was saying that. Yeah. I'm, a little I'm, bit more abrasive to I, I just find it interesting, the misery porn thing, because I, I think you're 100% correct. And I think usually the problem with that is like, especially for a black actress, a black woman as an actress, when the only stories getting that you're telling are black women as, you know, prostitutes, as drug addicts. Just as, as like victims. Things, and as like victims. The people that take on all the misery. When those are the only like, stories like you're telling... It 
100%, like if we lived in a world where there was much better representation, we wouldn't feel it as much. But I think that this movie is one of those only cases where I'm like, you know what it is the biggest step for me as a viewer to overcome to be like, oh, you're making me yet again watch a black woman be like this victim and this, this like extremely broken person. Um, and Moonlight's one of the only ones for me that kind of justifies itself in that, whereas a lot of other films, when they do it, I'm like, this does not have ju- like the grace with its handling of this to justify itself for me. Mm. Um but especially as our main character is so uniquely actually for a main character, like quiet and timid, I actually think it makes sense and is justified to have his main, I guess, kind of co-star be this extremely An extreme vocal, abusive, aggressive character. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. The moments of emotional intimacy between men in this for me are like iconic, like the final image of this movie or the second last image of this movie of him. Like he's just said, no, no man's ever touched me mm. like you have and nobody ever has since really. And then the shot after Cute. that is just him cradling him mm. is iconic. Like literally that is incredible. There's nothing else to even say about it. Like that yeah. it floors me. It just needed to be mentioned. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Anything else to say, Liz, before we compare the picks? Oh, my God. I don't think so. Dude, we always said it's like, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's just, it just is we that good. We tried and then we, like, recanted. Yeah, on we were like, this is a delicate thing to do, but, yeah, oh, well. they made it work. <laughs> yeah. Poor Stephanie Meyer. Yeah, she's going to get it, I reckon, and compare the picks. Let's do it. Let's do it. No. <laughs> Okay, so now it's time to compare the picks. We're just going to talk about how these two moon lighty sky time nighttime movie vibe <laughs> things work up and next to each other. Um, and I think an interesting in for this is, is would moonlight be better if they were vampires? <laughs> yes, obviously. Well, absolutely, yes. Um, and also performances because I, I think Moonlight obviously has such hugely applauded iconic performances, whereas Twilight has actors whose performances were highly critiqued, but those actors are now, although in, like, I think, Kristen Stewart's case, she's still an actor, an actress that people have huge opinions about, um, but they're really big stars now. Like, their careers have really taken off. Um, I always have something with Twilight where I'm like, when someone's telling me what they think of the performances in that, that movie, I never know whether to believe them because sometimes I think people are trying to defend them. Sometimes I think people actually think they're good. D- what do I think? I don't know. I, I cannot know. tell you. I don't know if I think they're great or bad. Sometimes Robert Pattinson looks like he's about to laugh. I don't think any <laughs> performance – I think – Twilight is the prime example of shit material, shit performance. Like it just you, makes them look bad. There's only so That's much true. that you can do within the space. The sheriff comes out very good. That dad, he yeah, comes he out does. very good. Charlie but aside Simon. from that, like yeah. I just almost don't even know what there is to work with. And I feel so bad for them that they got like attached to it. But that became the story of Twilight, that you had these young, yeah. hot, like actresses so and actors who were like hankering or like biting at the ankles of you know producers and stuff being like let us out of here we don't want to do it. I don't this. want to do it. And yeah. I don't want them to be in it either. And I just <laughs> feel like I feel like it's unfortunate, but like it's just they, everyone starts somewhere, and it's nice as well. It doesn't mean that this should take away from any fans like enjoyment of the movie, but I just don't think we can pretend that it's like a good movie. Yeah, I agree that I think. Like you can still enjoy it. Enjoy it. it. That's not a problem. I think it's an enjoyable movie. I literally think you can watch this movie, but I do think, Eliza, that it is. You can watch it? There is a laughing element at this movie. Like you cannot (laughs) just exclusively enjoy this movie on the terms it's wanting you to. I think it is presenting. Think about it as a serious teen romance. I think. starting up. It a is like so cr- yeah, and I think some of that is so like <sighs> self-serious that it's funny enough that I can enjoy it, but I don't actually meet it on its terms and enjoy it. I don't think really, mm-hmm. and I don't. I think Kristen Stewart. I do think she overacts. Like yeah. I really think oh I know the material's bad, but like 
literally watching it last night, I was so prepared to be like, no, people are too harsh on them in this I movie. Like and I was like, damn, what are you doing? Even in movies that yeah. I enjoy with her in it, I don't, I don't know. I think she just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Except for um, that one where Best she's like a rock shopper. climber. No, she's like a rock climber and then they do the bank heist. From when she was like 13. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Catch, that Catch that kid. Catch that kid. Love that movie. Classic. Good when movie. you said climbing wow. and heisting, for some reason, the only thing I could think of is the Charlie Angels remake, which yeah, has Kristen Stewart That was my Down worst movie on our uh, list last year. Wow, I forgot movie, all about yeah. that. I hate yeah, that movie. Yeah. I really, I really liked her in Underwater this year, though, which allows an asshole. Yeah. I haven't seen that. Yeah. And Liz, I watched I think, it probably. Okay. What do you think? I think their, yeah, their performances don't work in the movie. I think Kristen Stewart is actually good. I do and, like, I, I like her when I watch the movie. But the relationship between them, they have no chemistry. It's a big vacuum that, like, sucks the rest of the movie in, like, fabric going into someone's, like, butthole. (laughs) Like, it just, that, being that it is, like, a teen romantic movie and the romance is bad, like. It was, like, the one thing they had to do. Yeah. But, but, like, do you think that the romance is bad now like do you think that at the time the romance could like within the context yeah. of the zeitgeist like have reasonably sustain, been yeah. seen to be represented it's the definition think. of a ya movie in the sense that like there's a specific like four years of between the ages of like maybe like 13 or something to like 16 where this movie is genuinely great and anything outside of that you're like what the mm. fuck is this? I truly am like, as a kid, you some might think this is Some people still love it. Some people are like, I have to watch it for the 12th time and read the book again. Yeah. I have made sure know every word. I don't get the it. The baseball scene, there's just so much comedy in this. I'm like, oh my God. I the- think the only- What's wrong with that? It's so what funny. I think the Twilight <laughs> universe itself took a huge L with this movie and the only winners here oh. are Muse. And I'm happy for them. Out of like five stars, I would give this movie three stars. I would give it like- one star. I thought star. we would, yeah. And I, I'm, <sighs> yeah, I'm sorry. It's Moonlight for me. Duh. It's Moonlight. Moonlight. Yeah, it's Moonlight. <laughs> There's nothing else to say about, like, literally I'm like, Moonlight. And I'm going to say, it's okay, well, Moonlight for everyone. Guys, both movies have a great sense of place. Yeah. Huh? In That's Twilight, true. you feel like you're there in the rainy town of Forks, Washington. You're driving past Charlie's cop place. But do you really you're care about Washington past. that much more now that you've watched it? Are you really like, oh, it doesn't have much yeah, to say, but Washington. How many freaking helicopter shots of the forest can you get? And like Miami and Atlanta in Moonlight, like they're mm. so vivid. Yeah, they are vivid. And especially like, Twilight, like, you know? with Moonlight, a lot of the cinematography style is so not imitated now, but that kind of A24 aesthetic is so popular now that you see it misused a lot more now where I'm just like, this is just mm-hmm. the thing that mo- people do now, so you're trying to do that. Yeah. Whereas Moonlight, I'm like, your movie, like how gorgeous it's that line early on yeah. being like, yeah. black boys look blue in the moonlight. Yeah. And it's like, that's what the movie's about. Like it's yeah. just so ingrained into the movie's kind of visual language that it's, yeah, yeah it like, amplifies everything around it, you know. Yeah, particularly like the fact that they point out, like, you know, the anecdotal thing about in Moonlight, Black Boys Look Blue, that you just said, Noah. Like, yeah. that they mention it in the film and then for the rest of the movie you're always noticing the actor's skin and it's, like, always, like, yeah. blue-tinged or something and yeah. it, like, makes you, like, hone in so much on what's happening because it's, like, this and on the like, of, like, blackness of it, yeah. Yeah. Even body. when he's, like, bleeding, like, you know, yeah. when he's put his, had the ice bath and he's, like, the blood and, like, the sweat is pouring down his face and, yeah, the skin is, like, so, yeah, tempified, yeah. Well so done, it's, Moonlight. It's Moonlight for me. Eliza hasn't voted yet. She might say Twilight. Oh, sorry, Eliza. <laughs> no, I don't. I wish I was strong enough to say Twilight. I'm, I'm not, not strong, strong enough. enough. I'm not strong I'm enough. Not strong enough. <laughs> I can't lose you again. Oh, well. <laughs> Twilight, yeah, you'll get Moonlight's it a better time. movie than Twilight. I freaking said it, okay? A little bit controversial, <laughs> I but think... I think Moonlight is good. And oh. Twilight is a bit bad. There we go. <laughs> well, Moonlight now has a best picture and a... Uh, Twin picky. I don't know. We need an Oscar Yeah, we redeemed them of the dud best picture Yeah, we, we let it win. Yeah. I should have said La La Land won. That was the most obvious joke I could have done. Uh, we did We it. did it before. We did yeah. it. Anyway. It's good. On to our triplet in the attic. Ooh. Ooh. 
So now it is time for Trip It in the Attic. This is the part of the show where we each pick a deformed, rejected little third piece of media. It could be literally anything, anything at all. Somebody should do a stand-up bit sometime. That'd be fun, a bit interactive, yeah. uh, that we think acts as a thematic triplet to the episode's twin picks. Um, yeah, Meg, do you want to kick us off? Okay, well, I would be remiss not to say this, so my triplet in the attic but not actually my proper triplet is my friend Ewan because he bought me the like screenplay that you know how A24 they sell the screenplays and he got me Moonlight and I love it it was just a great very heartfelt present so he's my teeny little triplet he's like my you know, little like. Oh, he's the triplet. Not even the book he got you. No, he no, no, is- him because he's such a good friend That's and I so love him. Cute. But my actual triplet sweet. in the attic is not Ewan because I oh. that would be an invasion of his human rights. <laughs> is um the movie Man on the Moon starring Jim Carrey and it's about the life. Ooh. It's a biography about the a biopic. Oh, not biography. Moon. Moon. Yeah, <laughs> it's about the life of um Andy Kaufman and it's just good. It's got Courtney Love who I love and who everyone criticised me for liking. I love her. And I just like the movie and I think you should watch it. I have not seen it. It is good. It's interesting and the back the backstory behind the making of the movie is interesting as well because there's like a documentary on the making of The Man on the Moon, which is about Jimmy Harry kind of like losing his marbles whilst he was making it. Like he went so method and it was apparently incredibly unpleasant to work with during that time. And this was just before he like kind of semi went on hiatus. And mm. I don't know, in the documentary about the making of The Man on the Moon, they sort of um, parallel that to the life of Andy Kaufman and how he really antagonised people in his strange comedy. And, yeah, it's just good. Just watch it. That's it. That's oh, me. That's interesting. Yay. Lizzie. That's lovely. Um, I just chose something that was like a light. And so I chose <laughs> the Dolly Parton song, Light of a Clear Blue Morning. It will Ooh. take you to church. It'll take you to Dollywood. It'll, <laughs> I don't know, but make you feel good because it sounds great and it's very gospel-y and it has a lot of tambourine in it. I like <laughs> so, tambourine. That was cute. Yeah. That was a cute pick. Thank John you. Cleese made a really lame Twitter joke about Dolly Parton yesterday about her boobs and everyone's like... Dolly's like... Like she's so an institution. She's, she's not beloved. someone you want to contend make, with. And also, he's just such a like old man now that he yeah. thinks he's like funny on Twitter, and everyone's like, "No, you're just like offensive this and transphobic is not the now." Hill to die on and also, John. this is the thing you used to like. Your comedy used to be about going against lame old people like yourself, yeah. idiot. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. mine is so I spoke a bit early on with Twilight about like you know the 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 regard for the vampire and the mythology of vampires. <laughs> Uh, which I find interesting. <laughs> I find it really interesting how, you know, throughout time we reinvent some of the classic monsters. So I picked a great vampire film that I um, watched for the first time this year. Again, movies I watched this movies year. Movies this year. Sorry. Um, it's called The Hunger and it stars David yes. Bowie. David Bowie, Susan Sarandon, Catherine Deneuve. Deneuve. Mm. Um, and it's directed by Tony Scott. Great soundtrack. Yeah, great soundtrack. It's directed by Tony Scott, who's just like the most underrated director. He's so good. Um, and it has gorgeous cinematography, like both of the films we talked about today. And I think... It's it's quite like abstract and dreamy. So it's, you know, if we're pairing it with this double feature, it's quite a different flavor. Um, but I also think it has kind of like a cool take on vampires, like what it says about And like you know, vampiric aging. love. Yeah, and love and like, Ugh. yeah, that whole uh, vampiric romantic sexual allure thing is present and really cool. Um, I... Really liked it. Yeah, so that's The Hunger. What do you think is, like, the second sexiest monster? If vampire is up the top. I think there's something the kind werewolf? of sexy about a werewolf because, yeah, once the... Once <laughs> the only like, other one we have. He's oh, sitting naked. You're, like, Beastie. you wake up naked the next day. <laughs> yeah, imagine I'm, like, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Why <laughs> like, do I think I about fish. Frankenstein? I hate myself for that. Frankenstein, yeah. Aww. Maybe BFG. Who else could it be? Why not BFG. The BFG. <laughs> He's How many? There aren't that many BFGs. There's two of them. Yeah. If we know anything about him, it is that he is big and friendly. That's true. <laughs> or it's the guy from um, The or Shape Bigfoot. of Water. Yeah, again, fish. Fishman. Fish I think fishmen are sexy. Fishman. Great. Oh well. Mm. Good Gorgeous. stuff. Well, that is another podcast app 
We've done it, team. Well done to Moonlight. God, I'm sorry to all the Twihards I offended. I actually, actually reckon not. Twilight Fuck people will be like, how dare it's they? It's shit. It's I, bad. I also find it funny that I came in being like, I'm going to be quite nice to Twilight. I'm going to be quite pro, pro really Twilight. Yeah, you guys were so harsh to I it. think, no, but Liza, I tried to frame it in the mindset of being like, I do think this movie's dumb, but I enjoyed it. Okay, you were like, I think it's good. Meg was like, it's bad. And I was like, it's <laughs> good for reasons it doesn't want to be or something. It sucks. Can we stop this? <laughs> okay, okay. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, especially new listeners. Thank you so much for coming. We love to have you. Um, if, Forget what Eliza said at the start. We actually do really like you yeah. <laughs> um, If you're listening on, we'd love if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or if you're listening from Spotify or any other service like that, give us a follow so you can always be up to date. Also, you should check out our socials. We, the social are popping. We got them up and going. That is our Insta and Facebook um, where, you know, we have lots of interactive things for you there as well. If you want to get angry at us about our Twilight opinions, if the swarm of Twi fans are going to come at us, you can do so at twinpixpodcast at gmail.com. Do you think that there's like an intersection of people who – a fierce, really unreasonable Twilight fans, but they're all they also really, really love Moonlight. So this is gonna be hard. I don't think the problem will be Moonlight winning. Well, they liked Moonlight though, so I don't think the problem will be Moonlight winning. I think it will be us laughing in the face of Twilight and they'll just be like, that was mean. But isn't don't we like ask which one does its job better? Moonlight does its job better. Yeah. Absolutely. So like if you're if you're a fan of the show, you're listening, you're like, oh, I love watching Twilight more, you'd have to reckon with the idea like which one is seeking out to do I would kind of, something and does it better. Yeah, Moonlight does. Absolutely. And I I also just kind of say if you're a Twilight fan and you're like actually really hurt and you're like, oh, I don't like the way they've treated this thing that's really beloved to me, before you message us and get in contact with us, no, we like don't really care. We care. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's in the show. Bye, guys. Thank uh, no, you. No, and we have to say what uh, we're doing next week. All right, yeah. What are we doing next we week? we have Anthony in next week. Actually, Eliza, I haven't – do you want me to just tell you the one we talked about doing – Oh, yeah, we didn't tell you this We one, didn't tell you what it is. You'll like them, though. What? Are you okay with that? Okay. It's kind of fun. Maybe if you don't want to do them, you can say no. I'm in suspense. Tell me. It's <laughs> Portrait of a Lady on Fire and Call Me By Your Name. Yes. Wow. Fun, right? We do it for the girls and the gays. We're really romantic. And we do it all for the girls and the gays. Queen and Slim. And Anthony will be joining us then with his super intense theory and, yeah, big brain. I've said it before, the, like... The less you need to talk on the podcast, the more intelligent you're going to sound because you can just cherry pick <laughs> no, all your notes. best ideas throughout that. <laughs> <laughs> That's rough. Well, I have to race through all my notes because otherwise I get the twirly finger and that, and then it just makes it come out badly. <laughs> I promise when I have no, more time, I sound wanna, fancier. Do you want to do one more Twilight note that you had? Okay. No, I'm, I'm signing I wrote, off. I can't the science anymore. class bit is really funny. <laughs> I like that bit. Where there's a golden onion. And I was like, if I'm going to get a Twilight tattoo, I would get a golden onion tattooed on me. Wrap it up. (laughs) Eliza, do you have any? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. kidding. Okay, we're all done. Okay, thank you. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye, guys. I'm sorry that we make you do this. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye.